and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be diving into a film called The Coven, uh, dated 2015, so actually quite a recent film, and also probably one of the most offensive films that I have watched for the podcast so far, which I will dive into in a moment. But I am going to give a warning right at the head of this review because I am going to be talking about a suicide. This is a film which has on the front cover based on true events and unlike the spell which I previously reviewed which was actually sort of based on true events what this means in the case of The Coven is that it is a film with a completely fictional plot but which mentions people who happen to be real so that's stretching based on true events to its fucking limits in my view i just want to mention the cover of the film it has four girls on it wearing kind of i guess school uniforms with like uh ties skirts and white socks to the knee kind of like a catholic schoolgirl uniform but the girls in the actual film don't appear wearing those uniforms except right at the beginning when they are actually at school um it kind of seems like the front cover is trying to make you think of The Craft, which is a much better movie, um, and the, the cover doesn't really tell you anything about the actual content. Because from the cover, with lightning coming out from behind these girls, uh, and them sort of walking in formation looking quite fearsome, and the tagline, playtime is over, you could be forgiven for thinking that this film is about teenage witches, which it is not. In fact, the coven of the title just refers to a group of trees known as the coven in a nearby forest, Queen's Wood. Now, the real life events that are supposedly talked about in this film are mostly talked about at the beginning. So we go into the film. There's a burning bush that turns into a devil's head, which morphs into the cover of a book with a tree on it. And then that book kind of solidifies into an actual image and we see a teacher who's just wiping the book for no real reason before continuing to give a lesson to a bunch of schoolgirls, I think about 12, in a very small classroom that doesn't really look like a classroom. And he asks the class if they think that Wicca is simply a neo-pagan religion or if it is devil worship. And obviously if someone were to answer that question truthfully, it would be a fucking short film because... No, it's not. Doesn't really eat up a lot of airtime. One of the schoolgirls then asks, Sir, do Wicca and neo-paganism exist today? Which it's fairly obvious they do, Sandra, because that's why it's called neo-paganism. If we were talking about paganism from a long time ago, we'd just say paganism. But obviously neo-paganism and Wicca are modern inventions. So that's kind of a stupid thing for her to ask. The teacher then starts talking to them about Robert Cochran, who is an actual Wiccan um, who sort of has his own branch of Wicca named after him um, and there's various stuff about him but we don't really get into that they just say that he is from around the area where the film is based and then we instantly cut to a story of someone who wanted to follow um, in Cochrane's footsteps and set up his own coven and this person is entirely fictitious so bang go the real events. So he describes that there were secret meetings in the nearby woods and that this kind of continued into the, the nearer times and sort of like 1970s, where a guy whose name was so indistinctly muttered that I couldn't understand it was said to have beguiled students, in typically like teenage girls, out into the woods, and then seven students disappeared. Like seven teenagers disappeared. And after that point... Um, the woods became more rigorously controlled. They are patrolled by wardens and people aren't allowed to go in there on like 
witchy sabbat dates and i have no idea how they enforce that or even if that's legal but that's what the film says in the course of this the teacher also mentions gardner and margaret murray so clearly someone at least looked at the back cover of a book about wicca but that seems to be about the extent of it however because they had mentioned people like cochrane and gardner and margaret murray i was kind of excited about potential witchy content to continue in this film we had some idea of there being like a witch cult in the area if not like an actual wiccan coven we had some pretty cool wiccan symbolism at the beginning so i was kind of interested to see where this would go and the answer is it went nowhere because an entirely new plot was introduced at this point uh and a lady turns up wearing a red dress and looking kind of sexy and she says that the teacher is wanted in the headmaster's office she introduces herself as Mrs. Belial, which is a name that I recognised as being vaguely linked to Lucifer or maybe a form of Lucifer or a demon. I don't know a lot about Christian mythology, but it struck a bell with me and I was like, well, she's wearing a red dress, so she's also probably evil. The teacher fucks off and she takes over the rest of the lesson and she starts talking about Clef, um, which I thought was like Cliff at first because she was talking about the guy who had apparently been responsible for the disappearing teenagers but it turns out his name is yuri clef like yuri geller but clef clef with one f as we will discover later so she talks to them a little bit about it but then the lesson only continues for about four more minutes before she dismisses everybody and disappears i will say that when she was trying to get the teacher to leave the room she did some weird thing with her pupils where they got like really big and red for a second which did not look so hot in terms of special effects, so I'm glad that that never reoccurred. The girls, however, in the class have been tantalised by mentions of evil goings-on in the woods, although they are the woods that they live near, so you'd think they'd be aware of this story, but apparently not. So they decide to go and have a Halloween sleepover in the woods together as a kind of like spooky thing to do. Uh, also, at this point, you see that where Yuri Clef has been written on the board in chalk, one of the letters sort of moves a little bit and makes a horrible kind of grating stony sound. And if any of you are good at anagrams, you will, of course, look at Yuri Clef with one F and realise that it's an anagram of Lucifer. But this will not be revealed until right at the end of the movie because the movie thinks we're stupid or something. Anywho, the girls whose names I kind of missed because I guess they didn't even say them or they did say them, but so quietly that I didn't hear them. They do a little ring round and Skype chat, arrange the sleepover and arrange that they're all going to lie to their parents and say that they're going to sleep at someone else's house when they're not. So that's pretty standard stuff. The film was from 2015, yet the music seems to be from the late 80s, which was jarring to say the least. Um, but eventually we move past that and the girls start making their way to the woods for the sleepover, at which point we see a motorbike kind of following them like trundling after them and it nearly hits one of the girls who steps off the curb i will say that most of the girls are okay at acting like the kind of bbc child drama level of acting um special mention goes to their ringleader who i later learned was called izzy she's probably the best actor out of the bunch but also because she seems to be the oldest there's a pair of blonde girls who might be twins or just might look really similar but they are terrible at acting and I don't know why they're in the film. Um, one of them especially is really mumbly and I don't know if that's because she has braces, but the other one is equally mumbly, but maybe not quite as bad, but doesn't seem to have braces. So maybe they just like to mumble. I, I'm not sure. 
Uh, meanwhile, there is a girl who, for some reason, hasn't been invited to the sleepover. Her name is Eve, and she is doing some homework about local history. A special shout-out goes to Eve's mum for saying that she should go to the library in instead of using that googly website, meaning the entire internet. So Eve trots off to the library, and we also see her being stalked, but not by a motorbike, by a sort of puff of windy leaves. I think what Eve is doing throughout the main part of the movie is meant to be adding backstory but really to be honest it's just a load of irrelevant bullshit she goes to the library she finds a zine called friends of the woods she rips a bit out of that but then later we see her at home just googling the dictionary definition of lucifer for no reason and then she's like googling other stuff and she finds a nursery rhyme which i think is invented for this movie and then asking a guy about it who might be her dad or her granddad and him explaining to her what the fake nursery rhyme means. But none of this stuff is really relevant to the actual plot of the movie, so I'm not really going to mention it again except to say that it was pointless and a waste of fucking time. The girls in the woods find the name Lucifer, which has been chalked on a bit of rock in the woods, and this was mentioned in the blurb on the back of the box, so it wasn't a particular surprise to me. But Izzy seems to think it's a great idea to chalk their names under the letters of Lucifer because, surprise, surprise, their first names begin with the same letters. Although they are missing two letters, which are L and E. And this will be confusingly important later. The girls then set up the tent, although it is pitch dark. I would have set up the tent before it was pitch dark, but that's just camping etiquette for you. Then they try and text Eve for no real reason because Eve wasn't even invited but the girl trying to text her is trying to text help us even though nothing spooky is going on at the moment which seems a tad premature anyway at this point the girls discover that they have no phone signal so we're right in horror movie land with this the girls decide to play a sleepover game which I've never encountered before but which in fairness does look quite dope they have these folded paper dice, like those folded fortune teller things that you can make at school, but dice. And they roll them and they've got letters on. And the dice keep coming up with Yusuf. Um, they roll them on a copy of Londoner magazine as a flat surface. And obviously when put with the L and the R on that at the end of the word Londoner, they spell Lucifer. What confused me about this is that L and R are not the letters that were missing from when they chalked their names previously. L and E were the ones that were missing and this confused me later on because I was expecting someone with a name beginning with R to show up and then when I thought about it I was like oh no they were actually missing L and E not L and R so that just seemed like needless confusion. Eve at the moment is googling more irrelevant bullshit she's found out that there's a plague pit in the woods which will never become relevant to the story and something to do with Lucifer's lost seven which I guess is there just to reinforce the idea that seven people went missing but we kind of already remembered that so again that's pointless the girls continue to like drink and like have nice time in the tent just sort of chatting away like girls do and then they get to watching some of the videotape that they've been doing because obviously when you do something that your parents don't know about which involves alcohol and i think maybe drugs you want to videotape it for posterity they then realise that the motorcyclist who nearly hit one of them earlier wasn't recorded on tape, which seems weird. Although the tape recorder was pointing directly at the ground, so I don't know why they expected him to be recorded. We then cut to two random dudes. 
um, who had not been previously introduced to the story and whose appearance kind of confused me. I thought one of them might be Steve, who Izzy had mentioned that she was maybe dating, but it turns out they are just completely irrelevant characters who hadn't been seen before now. They are leaving a Halloween party and decide that because they are going to miss the last bus to cut through the woods. The motorbike then appears with a bright light on the front and starts to chase them slash stalk them through the woods. And then we cut back to Miss Belial, who I bet you thought was never going to be seen again, but she is seen again. Uh, she's in her house, apparently eating dinner um, with a weird kind of glazed look on her face. And it's later revealed that what she's eating is kind of like, I guess, part of a bird because there's like feathers and things on the plate. Um, and she's just acting generally weird, but... There's no clue as to what she's doing or what her motivation is. It's just kind of clear from that that she isn't the person on the motorbike and that someone else is involved. We then do a series of rapid cuts between the girls hearing weird noises outside the tent, the irrelevant boys walking through the woods talking about tequila, um, Miss Belial eating dinner, and then we cut to the teacher from the beginning in the pub who's talking to another teacher and complaining about stuff that's happening at work. And then he mentions Mrs. Belial and the other guy points out that this is someone from the Bible and then quotes something from the Bible that I didn't bother to write down because I was bored as fuck and nothing seemed to be happening. I was kind of intrigued by the setup of the movie and the idea that they were going to go out to this place where weird rituals happened and maybe encounter people doing a ritual or maybe try and do one themselves but from the moment the girls get to the woods the film just loses all traction and all drive and just becomes about annoying weird stuff happening in the woods and people who aren't very good at acting responding to hearing weird noises in the woods which isn't particularly original or interesting at this point one of the boys who are lost in the woods has the amazing idea to climb a tree to find out where they are in the middle of the night in a wood uh, he then predictably falls out of the tree and onto some sort of horn that like jabs him in the head and he passes out and his friend decides to approach a mystery motorbike that he sees through the trees with a light on for help and then the motorbike chases him it was at this point that I remembered something that I had seen on the Google page for Lucifer when Eve was Googling him, which was that he's sometimes known as the light bearer or bearer of light. And I started to roll my eyes quite hard because the light on the motorbike was clearly meant to be indicative that they were being chased by like Lucifer or the devil or demons or whatever it is you want to call it, um, because it was the bearer of light. And I told myself, if that was true, I would be very unhappy. And then, spoiler alert, I was very unhappy. Fran, who is one of the girls who actually had a name that I could remember, gets up to pee in the middle of the night and then is grabbed by a black leather gloved hand. Um, and then the girl who went with her is just seen kind of wandering around trying to find her. We cut back to Mrs. Belial, who is planting like sticks that she's like cut off of like a bush or something in a sort of metal tray of dirt on her dining room table her hair is all matted and she looks like really into what she's doing i just wish we kind of knew why although by the time she's finished planting stuff you realize that she's creating like a miniature forest which is a cool idea and i wish it had been expanded on and that we had any idea why she was doing that another girl goes looking for the two girls who went to pee and sees an empty hoodie hanging up which she thinks is a person and then she gets chased by the devil bike the random boy who was looking for help for his unconscious friend then stumbles upon the two girls who are still in the tent 
And then while they're all in there having a talk about how fucked they are, the wheel of the motorcycle just comes through the side of the tent like the shark in Jaws. And then they all run away. We then see Mrs. Belial sprinkling little foil figures of people into her weird little tray forest and looking like she's been herself dragged through a hedge backwards. She doesn't have any lines or incantations at this point, so we really don't know what she's trying to do. We do, however, find out that the unconscious boy is called Eddie and the boy who's gone for help is called Louis, which are the letters missing from the word Lucifer. Louis, Izzy and a girl whose name I didn't know go running through the woods. They find bunting and girl whose name I don't know runs straight towards the bunting and fairy lights thinking that it's a Halloween party. Izzy then runs after her and she goes, it's a Halloween party. And then like the exact same voice clip is played after she's disappeared into the fog, which is centralised entirely on the bunting. And so Louis thinks that it's okay and follows her into the fog. Meanwhile, Eve wakes up in the middle of the night to the help us text, which one of the girls apparently predicted the future and sent her. Uh, and then she goes to the woods in her pyjamas because, of course, she does. That's sensible as hell. Uh, Louis stumbles around in the fog for a bit, then encounters the devil bike and then taunts it and starts running away from it with no obvious plan. Uh, he then hides in the roots of a tree. Eddie wakes up from his, you know, catastrophic head wound, but is apparently fine. And then he sees the devil bike off in the distance, but he is wearing a very fashionable crucifix, which we've been told in the made-up nursery rhyme is a way to deter the devil. We're told that the two things that can deter the devil is a crucifix, which I guess makes sense, and a shoe, which is meant to scare the devil because he has a cloven foot and can't put it on. No one tries to actually get rid of the devil with a shoe, so there's a plot hole there for you. Anyway, Eddie's fine because he has his crucifix. He then runs smack bang into Eve, but then they split up literally immediately. And then Eve gets got because she has a name that begins with E and hasn't brought a crucifix with her to the woods, the dumb noob. Mrs. Belial is then seen setting fire to one of the little twig tree bushy things in her tray forest. And then Louis gets got by the guy on the motorcycle. And then there's like a close up of the motorbike lamp like lighting up. And then the image of fire is superimposed over it. And then you see like clips of the movie that have been cut down to just the heads of the specific people who have been taken kind of flying through the air and going into the fire. And then there is a callback to a weird clip that happens sort of halfway through the movie of some little children playing with a boy wearing a black mask of like, kind of looked like it was made of electrical tape over one of those generic mask faces that you can buy at craft shops. He was playing with like a little girl at the beginning. And then we see Mrs. Belial. And then we understand because of the way she's superimposed over the little girl that they are one and the same person. But it is not explained who the little boy was, who the other children was, and what the fuck she was doing with her diorama of a forest. And then the movie ends. So I would say it starts off with a couple of strong references to actual witchy things. Quite an interesting piece of local lore to build on, which they have invented for the film. But then ignores that in the favour of getting progressively more and more confusing and boring and then ending. So it's not a good movie. The thing that really annoyed me about it was the credit sequence because it comes up in the credits that they um, again took this film from like real life stories and it was based on real life events. And they say that they were warned off of filming at the Coven site 
by actual witches in the area. Obviously, I don't know if that's true or not, but I can kind of understand why you wouldn't want these incompetent fuckwads trampling all over an area that you might want to perform rituals in. So just put it that way. And then they say that Cochrane was one of the things that they based the film off of and that he committed the ultimate human sacrifice in 1966, brackets, June 6.66, so 666. And by that they mean, as I thought they did when I read it and then subsequently googled it, that he killed himself. So they've taken this tragic thing that happened to someone and they have twisted it and used the fact that it was in June 1966 to imply a sort of satanic connection to what was otherwise quite a personal tragedy, um, which is distasteful in the extreme and quite hideous. In fact, this film was reviewed by the Pagan Federation. It's uh, on their website. You can still read it. And the review came up in June 16, 2017. Um, it was given half a star out of five stars. And then at the end, it says, I would not be surprised if some took offence at Cochrane being used in this way and found it distasteful to refer to his tragic suicide as the ultimate human sacrifice. So, uh, yeah, they were right on money. That is incredibly offensive and disgusting. We also, in the credit sequence, if you can recover from that very distasteful thing that they did, find an explanation for the two talentless blonde girls being used in this movie or an apparent explanation, because we see that the film was directed by John Mackey, and the two blonde girls are played by Holly and Chloe Mackey. Lewis, who is the boy who was running around trying to get help for his friend, was played by Billy Red Mackey, and the film was written and produced by Jamie Mackey. So it seems like there were some family connections going on here um, of people being, I guess, roped in to help with this project. So, yeah, I wasn't overly impressed by the actual content of the film from quite promising looking beginnings based on the front cover of it being like a teenage witch film, sort of like The Craft. I was disappointed that that wasn't the case. Um, there were no actual real witchy things in it, aside from that opening scene in the school where they're talking about Wicca and neo-paganism. We never really find out anything about Yuri Clef, aside from the letters in his name being the same letters as the word Lucifer. We don't find out what happened to the missing students who were abducted previously. And we don't find out really anything about the motorcyclist slash Satan and Mrs. Belisle and why they are trying to do what they're doing or even what they are doing. It's quite a disappointing movie and not one that I would really recommend people watching especially given the way that they've tried to twist actual events and the actual death of a real human person which is quite tragic into a way to make their movie seem more interesting than it actually is i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have recommendations for any other films that you think i should take a look at please do get in touch on the usual ways check the description box for um, the twitter address and email address for the podcast or you can drop a comment on the youtube version of this episode in the meantime i'll see you in the next one